0: Parastise to somata humon to see zoson, hagian, avaraton tocio, tin logicin latrian humon. Kimi siski to yoni tuto, ala matemorphuste tiana canosi to noos, is to docimatin himos, tito fenema to telu, togathon, keavareston, kittelion. Legogar, dietis caritas tistosis me, to oni en hyin, hufonin, pardofernin, alafronis o soronin, pe kasto ho sotheos emerzen me pistolos. Kat pergar somati palamelikomenen ta me panda utin aftiki prain. Hutosi pali hen soma esmeren Kritó, Todde kat sallon me, Ekonste karta katatin karinti do sisin in diasfora. It e profean. According to the analogy of the Bistons, the Diaconian and the Dioconial, the Dioconial and the Descadial, the Palacalón and the Palacarisi, the Metadus and the Plotity, the Proistamonos and Spudy, the León and Herotity. The Love of Apocritus, the Apostigundes of to Agathó, the Philadelphian and the Tis pudi miukneri, to ponevmati zeondes, to curiu de lebondes, to elpidi kerondes, to tlipsi hupomenondes, to provechi proskarturundes, to scries ton hagion kinunundes, to infiloxenian diokonundes. Evlogite tus diokondas, evlogite kimitferas kataraste, herin metakaronton, klein metakleondon, Το αυτό εις αλλήλους φρονούντες, μη τα χου αλλά της ταπεινής σιν απόγομενη. Μη γίνεστε φρόνιμοι παρααυτής, μερνή κακόν αντικακού αποδηδόντες. Προνοούμενοι καλά ενόπνιαν πάντων ανθρώπων. Οι δουνατών το εξουμόν, με τα πάντων ανθρώπων ειρηνέδοντες.
1: For if we have been united with Christ in a death like his, we will certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body of sin might be destroyed and we might no longer be enslaved to sin. For whoever has died is free from sin. But if we have died with Christ, we believe that we live with him. We know that Christ being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds, so that you may discern what is good for the will of God what is good and acceptable and perfect. For by the grace given to me, I say that everyone among you not think of yourself more highly than you ought to think, but you should think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith which God has provided. For as in one body we have many members, and not all the members have the same function, so we, who are many, are one body in Christ, And individually, we are members of one another. We have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. Prophecy in proportion to faith. Ministry in ministering. The teacher in teaching. The exhorter in exhortation. The giver in generosity. The leader in diligence. And the compassionate in cheerfulness. Let love be genuine, hate what is evil, hold fast to what is good, love one another with mutual affection, and outdo one another in showing honor. Do not lag in zeal, and be ardent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope, be patient in suffering, persevere in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints. Extend hospitality to strangers. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Live harmoniously with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Do not repay anyone evil for evil, but take thought for what is noble in the sight of all. If it is possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all.
2: What a privilege it is to be here with you this afternoon, together one last time for that ancient and curious custom known as the baccalaureate. Now, this ritual may lack something of the exuberance of that other ancient and curious year-end custom, the primal scream. (laughs) But at least I hope it'll get you ready for your more stately procession through the yard on Thursday as you officially enter the company of educated women and men. Now, this is after four years and the consumption of an estimated 125,000 (laughs) Veritoffels. Now, you may remember when we gathered for the first time outside this church in 2009, You followed a procession of alumni in the first freshman convocation ever held. And I, in a phalanx of elders in dark robes, urged you to take risks. I told you that 13 is a magical number, not only because of the gifts you were bringing to Harvard, but because you yourselves were lucky, an extraordinary intersection of talent and circumstance. Now, circumstances in fact conspired to make you an unusual group. You entered as the most socioeconomically diverse and the most international class in Harvard history. You represent 84 different countries. You were the first to enroll after the global economic crisis had rattled almost everything you were the first to start with a new academic calendar no miserable winter break spent meaning to study for January exams (laughs) you were the first to have winter session the first to experience an all gen ed curriculum but that apparently wasn't enough firsts a week after that freshman convocation one of you became the first to catch the swine flu Unfazed, you went on to distinguish yourselves in other ways—rather unorthodox ones. You built a virtual library that will reach more than a million students in India. You taught philosophy to prison inmates and tried to diagram truth. You produced four Rhodes Scholars on a single floor of Quincy House. So, was it something in the water or whatever it is that gets served at that penguin pub? You co-founded Sex Week, a campus discussion about sexual health that landed us all on the front page of the New York Times. You built the world's largest cardboard box fort in the Mac Quad. And this March, you prompted the unparalleled headline in the Wall Street Journal, Harvard Outsmarts Harvard, when one of you devised a hot new mathematical model that gave the men's basketball team a 4.6% chance of an NCAA upset. And then another of you, against all these odds, Helped upset that prediction when you led the team to the first ever NCAA victory. (laughs) You're the class that busted a million brackets. And of course, with a minute to go, you sealed victory in the game against Yale for an unprecedented six straight year when one of you ran 63 yards for a touchdown. As the world shifted and Harvard changed, you responded. You saw the federal repeal of Don't Ask, Don't Tell and the return to campus of ROTC and the opening of the Harvard Office for BGLTQ Student Life. You gave hands-on relief to the earthquake victims of Haiti and Chile. You conceived the future in the new iLab and you helped make green the new crimson. You met weird weather (laughs) head-on, dancing in the deluge at the 375th birthday party, (laughs) sledding the slopes of Widener through two blizzards. And when Hurricane Sandy hit, you organized aid for the victims of the storm. And you were the first class to catch it all on Instagram. (laughs) Some of the toughest challenges came this year, which began with revelations of breaches of academic trust and raised hard questions for all of us. What is success? What is integrity? How do we uphold it in our own lives and in those of the community? What is accountability? We have thought hard and we must continue to think hard about the complex messages the world of achievement sends us. Several weeks ago, when many of you were finishing your senior theses, you may have noticed an image that appeared on social media. It was the day after Tiger Woods reclaimed his ranking as the world's number one golfer, a ranking he'd lost after a personal scandal in the fall of your freshman year. It was a Nike ad, a picture of Woods emblazoned with the words, winning takes care of everything it ignited a firestorm on what planet does winning take care of everything according to whose values surely nike intended to salute achievement a value that we can share we understand harvard 68 new mexico 62 (laughs) we celebrate this serendipitous alignment of hard work and talent and good fortune and grace by which you all won your seats here today the lucky members of the Harvard College class of 2013 winning can be a measure of excellence and an expression of integrity the will to win as legendary football coach Vince Lombardi put it with zeal with every inch of you fairly squarely by the rules But what is the role of winning in life? We are not brands. We are human beings. We recognize that winning or the need to win or to present ourselves as winners can at some point become a form of losing. A meaningful life can recede in an endless string of contests. In our better moments, we search for a larger purpose. We take a long view. What, after all, does success mean? What does a good life look like? When the bombs went off near the finish line of the Boston Marathon a few weeks ago, we considered these questions again in a context that gave them new meaning. As we pondered the many immediate challenges, safety, security, communications, crisis management, healing, we also found ourselves asking bigger questions, existential questions. What matters most to us? Who are we? What do we owe to one another? How should we live? As I heard and watched and read reports of the bombings, I, like others, was struck by the way the actions of so many at the scene represented a powerful answer to such questions. Amid the calamity, there appeared streams of people running toward the chaos, toward the explosions. The first responders, police, firefighters, the National Guard, the raft of doctors, nurses, and EMTs, the trauma surgeon who had just completed the marathon and rushed in by heading straight on to the operating room at the MGH, The volunteers, the bystanders, women, men, young and old, running toward the unknown, risking their own safety to see if they could help. There was the priest who saw blood, put on his brown Franciscan robe, and made his way into the mayhem. The cardiologist, a volunteer from Texas who thought, okay, so I'm about to die, and took off his belt to apply it as a tourniquet to a victim's leg, even while policemen were shouting at him to evacuate. There was the army veteran who, as he put it, saw smoke, smelled cordite, and ran down the stairs from a post-race party, anticipating more bombs. He saved a college student's life with a tourniquet made from a t-shirt, and he reunited a mother and child. Or there was the man in the cowboy hat who ripped away fencing to reach the most severely injured and later said simply, my first reaction was to run toward the people. Why people do this, run towards danger to help others, is partly a mystery. Cognitive scientists are trying to chart what one calls the spark of fellow feeling. The some 9,000 people awarded medals by the Carnegie Hero Fund typically cannot explain their actions. One of them, a man who leapt from a subway platform and away from his two young daughters, in order to save a stranger between the rails as the train passed over them, said he did it because he felt chosen. My point today, as you prepare to graduate and take your Harvard degrees into the world, is that I wish for you, class of 2013, lives of running toward. Lives in which you are motivated, even seized, by something larger than yourselves. Lives of engagement and commitment, and yes, risk. Risk taken in service to what matters to you most. For years, I've been telling students, do what matters to you, find what you love. It might be physics or stem cell science or acting or finance, but don't settle for plan B, the safe plan Until you've tried Plan A, even if it might require something of a miracle. I call it the parking space theory of life. Don't park 10 blocks away from your destination because you think you won't find a closer space. Go to where you want to be. You can always circle back to where you have to be. Now, it occurred to me as I anticipated talking to you today that the parking space theory of life is just another version of running toward of keeping focus on what we really care about. Running toward is a way of being, an attitude, a capacity for courage, a kind of grace, as Governor Patrick put it at the post-marathon service, the best of who we are. As one runner said, who crossed the finish line just as the bombs went off, you go from feeling personal satisfaction to suddenly knowing It's not about you at all. Living a life of running toward is what a liberal arts education has helped prepare you to do. may sound counterintuitive. So much of your education has been about the next question, the critical stance, the discerning, and the skeptical eye. But it's also been about taking risks, about daring to commit, one of you wrote in The Crimson this month that in high school, failure was, in your words, not an option. But the here, being willing to try and fail, has made you resilient. You even said you'd learn to relax, maybe another first. The best kind of learning does not train you to win. It teaches you what winning might mean. It cultivates curiosity and courage and courage. boldness whether you're tracking an elusive gene or boarding a bus in Mumbai and it gives you a new capacity to act despite the risks running toward means abandoning the safe and the certain for the unknown it means facing your fears and moving beyond those who tell you no Legendary epidemiologist Donald Hopkins, a Harvard School of Public Health alum, was told as a young researcher that he and his colleagues would never eradicate smallpox. It required years of travel to remote villages around the world. Not easy for someone who admits he is terrified in his words of snakes, rats, bats, airplanes, heights, and food poisoning. But as he told the New York Times decades later, We did it, and he added, and I quote him, so I'm sort of immunized against skepticism. Running toward means improvising in the face of uncertainty, using a T-shirt for a tourniquet, or designing a well around a broken diesel pump with Haitians who need clean water. Jazz musicians might call it the art of negotiating change with style. It means collaborating and coming together around a common purpose, whether it's 3,000 physicists at the Large Hadron Collider searching for a subatomic particle, or the nurses at the bombing, as one described it, working silently in tandem. It means running toward not just your own dreams, but running toward those where you can help. As Martin Luther King wrote 50 years ago this spring, I am in Birmingham because injustice is here. Not everyone is prepared to run toward an explosion, but each of you is exquisitely suited and urgently needed for something. Head toward what that something is, whether it's a map of the human brain or a theater set in Australia. How do we know if we're running toward the right thing, toward the good thing? Can we predict the effects of credit default swaps on Wall Street or microfinance on villages in India? The truth is, we don't always know. You might pursue your passion purely for the love of doing it and then get swept up into something of larger significance. You might be asked to enter a new arena with far more at stake. Think of Catherine Switzer in 1967, the first woman to run the Boston Marathon, who finished the race even after the race's director, affronted by the presence of a woman who had entered the race with just her initials on the entry form. The director of the race tried to tear off her numbers and shove her off the course but her football player boyfriend cross-checked him out of the way. (laughs) It was then that she realized that what began as a personal challenge was more. It was, as she said and realized, probably going to change women's sports. And she vowed, as she later recalled, I'm going to finish this race on my hands and knees if I have to, because nobody believes that a woman can do this. Or think of NBA center Jason Collins, who two weeks after the marathon bombings came out as a gay athlete in a major professional team sport because as he put it, things can change in an instant. So why not live truthfully? Live fully and live truthfully, class of 2013. Stay in touch, tweet, forward us your selfies, Come back now and then for a veritafel, and remember, keep on busting brackets. Immunize yourself against an excess of skepticism. Immunize others. Go where you're needed. Run toward life.
3: Behold, I make a covenant, in the sight of all your people, I will make marvels such as never have been done in all the earth nor in any nation, and all the people in whose midst you are shall see the work of the Eternal that I will do with you that is tremendous. You have beheld a universe of wondrous possibilities in this university, and now, as you enter what those beyond these walls will be pleased to call by contrast the real world, a world of jobs and job descriptions, balance sheets and budgets, bottom line productivity and bottomless opportunities for day to day distraction, let us pray that you retain on the far horizon of your field of vision and at the heart of all your actions a lingering vision of of what you have envisioned here. When giants loom and lurking insecurities arise in the world of a first-time employee or a first-year graduate student, it is all too easy to imagine that one is incapable of making a difference, much less a miracle. As you take your place in the web of things out there, be not so ensnared. Humility and reverence have their place. But let us pray together that you also be audacious, that you have the courage to remember what you imagine here this day, and that you be generous in sharing with the world broadly and blessedly what is in your hearts, as nowhere else does it exist exactly as it is in you. Of whom else did the Prophet speak in saying, You shall go forth in joy and be guided by peace, the mountains and the hills will give a joyful shout before you, and all the trees of the field will applaud.
4: And let us now continue in an attitude of reflection and prayer. O God, we turn to you in joy on this day. Lead us to live lives of running toward. Teach us to practice compassionate reciprocity, to embrace knowledge that is marked by wisdom. Connect us with the everlasting righteousness of the ancestors keep our hearts open in generosity to the poor and hungry, and enable us to take up residence in genuine love, teach us to cling to our gladness and release our clutch on resentments and sorrows. We recognize this time as a space of transition between certainty and uncertainty, We move between competence and complexity and between friendship and solitude. We know these types of places to be the fertile ground of faith, to be the welcoming location of the sacred. We claim your presence as the very ground of our being and becoming. Here we are still, and grateful to know you as our God. Quiet our souls into your rhythms, beckon our hearts into righteous openness. Give us new capacities to be filled with grace toward others and ourselves. From our grateful hearts we give you praise for the many who have enlivened us over the past four years, the teachers, the waiters, the students, the family, the cleaners, the proctors and masters, the technicians, the tutors, the friends, the librarians and the ministers and the chaplains. All of these have been like wind beneath our wings. Guide us to walk softly upon the earth And now to mount up like eagles on the breath of dawn, soaring with the power of your mighty love. Amen.
5: Go in peace, speak the truth, give thanks each day. Respect the earth and her creatures, for they are alive like you. Care for your body, it is the imago Dei, the image of God. Live simply, be of service. Be kind. Be guided by your faith, never by your fears. Go humbly on your path, for you will then walk in the sacred way. This is our prayer. This should be your promise. Amen.